Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, a podcast that takes just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Permack. On today's show, the fall of Silicon Valley's so-called adults and why you might soon see the Marlboro Man vaping. But first, editing babies. Yeah, you heard that correctly. Editing babies, or technically embryos, via a genetic editing technology called CRISPR. It's something that's been discussed for a while in medical and ethicist circles, but jumped into the mainstream this past weekend when a Chinese scientist named He Jinkui claimed to have created the world's first genetically engineered child. Actually, two of them. Twin girls whose genes were allegedly modified to help make them immune to HIV infection later in life. Now, before continuing, it's important to emphasize the allegedly, as Quay's claims have not been independently confirmed, and he might even face some legal jeopardy, even though China's rules on this are a bit murky. But whether or not Quay successfully pulled it off, this isn't really a question of technological ability. Gene editing is getting more advanced by the day, and so if it can't yet be successfully applied to embryos, that's probably just a matter of time. The bigger question is if it should be. The real concern here isn't so much about closing a door to the HIV virus. That's at least a goal almost everyone would probably be able to get behind. Instead, it's more about two other things. And the first one is safety. So it's one thing to take chances on consenting adults and a very different thing to do it with babies. And in this particular case, there's even some questions about how much the parents really knew. Plus, embryos present all sorts of complicated scientific variables that adult genes don't. Second, there are also concerns over the future prospect of creating so-called designer babies, basically letting parents pick all sorts of physical traits, both the vital and the vain, rather than just restricting the use of this to otherwise unmet medical needs. It's an extremely thorny issue that defies easy answers, with the science, and at least one scientist, moving ahead before any of us, societies as a whole, or regulators, get even close to consensus. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper on this with Axios' Eileen O'Reilly. But first, this. Axios Chief Technology Correspondent Ina Fried shares breaking news and analysis on the most consequential companies and players in tech, from the Valley to D.C. Subscribe to Get Smarter Faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. We're joined now by Axios' Eileen O'Reilly, who this morning wrote a piece titled Gene Editing Moves into a Frightening New Stage. So Eileen, let's start here real simple. In layman's terms, what is CRISPR? CRISPR is this amazing new technology that's been out about six years. It basically is a tool to edit genes. In the situation in China, in this specific situation, is it real? There's a lot of questions because it wasn't peer-reviewed. There isn't independent confirmation. Do you believe, do we have reason to believe that this scientist successfully gene-edited these twins as embryos? Well, honestly, we really don't know. Nobody has any proof. And, but I think most scientists believe, we know that it's possible, so a lot of them do believe that it may have occurred. You wrote in your piece today about the kind of possible overreaction to the situation in China, and you cited the 1999 death of an 18-year-old named Jesse Gelsinger. What happened with Jesse Gelsinger, and how might that apply to the situation we're seeing right now? Jesse Gelsinger was a 18-year-old American, and he agreed to do a very experimental gene therapy for his metabolic disorder and he ended up dying from the treatment. So this led to years of 
impeded. It really stopped research a lot in that area, which has been slowly building back up again. When people look back at that, do they think that made sense? In other words, there was a death, therefore, you know, take a time out, take a pause, get things right before starting again? Or is that viewed kind of by the scientific community now as, no, that was an overreaction. We slowed down way too much, way too fast. And while the death was regrettable, we should have kept pushing forward. No, I think most scientists would say that uh, the reaction was justifiable. I mean, it's still very experimental, so it was probably a good idea to take a time out and do some further research on animals first. But there's been a lot of discoveries since then, and many are thinking that it's getting closer to time where we can ramp up the experiment. So with CRISPR, explain to me what's exactly the objection here on embryos. CRISPR and, and gene editing tools in general, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but are being used on adults today, correct? Or, or adults are submitting to this, correct? There are cases where we have done some gene editing in adults, and there's still safety concerns with gene editing of adults. It can delete DNA or can rearrange the DNA, but there's even more in some cases, it's been shown to possibly cause cancer. But so we're still in a field where the ramifications are unknown. But embryos have a special consideration because if you edit the germline, it can end up being transferred to their children later on. Potentially a permanent change from a familial genetic perspective. Right. Well, we just don't know what will happen. Yeah, it's potentially permanent. And it's also could potentially alter in ways we don't understand yet. It's still experimental in adults. There's obviously been some studies suggesting cancer. I know there's been other scientists who have pushed back on that. With embryos, how much of a, a question is the so-called concept of, from a bioethicist standpoint, of you know designer babies, for lack of a better term? Is that the big concern, or is it more, as you say, that this issue of real questions about safety? Well, there's definitely real questions about safety still. The international summit that just happened came out with a statement at the end saying that the science behind this is still shaky. So they call this type of experiment on embryos to be irresponsible. Founders of CRISPR did as well, right? J Jennifer Dudna, who's, who's one of the co-founders, I guess, or creators of CRISPR, she also had an objection to this. Oh, yes. Both co-inventors of the tool um, objected to it and asked, requested a moratorium. Even a large group of Chinese scientists also came out with a statement strongly condemning what happened. Our top public officials came out with strong tweets and statements that, you know, in the past couple of days condemning this type of experiment. Most people really want international consensus and limits for research on gene editing uh, human embryos. Final question for you. This scientist in China has suggested, he hasn't said it explicitly, but he has suggested that there is a second pregnancy. He has modified another embryo. When scientists are objecting to this and they're doing so loudly, I need to ask, are they privately not happy about this, but are they curious? In other words, if this proves, you know, if they can get verification, I assume at some point there's going to have to be a confirmation or, or rebuttal of this, that this guy successfully pulled this off. Are people going to be watching these children very carefully for those very safety reasons you brought up. I mean, these are in theory, and, and Sof will say this about humans, but these are the first guinea pigs, correct? Yes, that was one of the ethical concerns brought up because assuming if this actually did occur, these children will be monitored and tested throughout their lives to see what happens, how they're turning out, and if there's any effects we didn't realize would happen, and all sorts of questions. So I can't imagine what their lives will be like. Eileen O'Reilly of Axios, thank you very much for joining us. My final two, right after this. 
Axios gives you the news and analysis you need to get smarter faster on the most important topics. In our unique Smart Brevity format, we cover topics from politics to science and media to tech. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is a pretty fascinating piece over on LinkedIn by tech journalist Jesse Hempel, who argues that it's time for Silicon Valley to, in her words, outgrow its Sheryl Sandbergs. So Hempel argues that Silicon Valley tech companies and their investors have long sought out people like Sandberg to smooth over the rough edges of their youthful, mostly male founders, basically help professionalize the companies, both internally from an operational perspective and also externally from a PR perspective. It's a phenomenon created both by so-called pattern matching by venture capitalists and also because so many young tech founders today maintain voting control of their companies. So boards basically feel they have to hire internal fixers in the absence of actually being able to fire the CEO. It's time, in Hempel's words, to go back to companies being run the old-fashioned way. And I can't really disagree. Finally, the Wall Street Journal reports that Altria, maker of Marlboro cigarettes, is in talks to buy a significant minority stake in Juul, the vaping company recently valued at $18 billion. So for Altria, this makes tons of sense. More product diversification and also a way to jumpstart its own lagging e-cigarette business. And there is some upside for Juul too, particularly in terms of shelf space and also cash at a time where it's facing new regulations by the FDA. But it also seems that taking money from Altria means that Juul will basically negate its biggest marketing claim, that it exists to help cigarette smokers quit. If you're literally in bed with the Marlboro Man, then who's going to believe that you're also trying to kill his business? And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Adam Grassi and Tim Shovers, have a great National Electronic Greetings Day. And we'll be back on Monday with another Pro Rata Podcast.